Hello, and welcome back to Hope, a podcast wishing to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. The Webster's Dictionary defines hope as a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. Today, we're going to hear from S.J. Ursary, a yoga instructor in Athens, Georgia. She'll tell us about her struggle with mental health and how yoga and meditation absolutely saved her. Now, let's get right into the interview with S.J. Hello, S.J. Danny Daniel here. How you doing? I'm well. Nice to hear from you. Well, it's uh, even nicer to hear from you. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you, friend. You know, you interest me right off the bat by saying that uh, you have a dual profession. At least I consider that dual profession. What are those two things that you do? Um, professionally, I'm a singer and a yoga instructor. Okay. Well, I can't sing a note, so you and I wouldn't get along in that department very well. <laughs> uh, well, we need audiences, you know. <laughs> it all it always helps. I, I just wasn't uh, delivered a uh, singing voice by any means, but I love music. I love uh, 60s music. I don't know. Were you around then? Um, I wasn't, but I actually participate in a doo-wop band um, sometimes called the Mockingbirds, and I love 60s music also. That is fantastic. Uh, Let me know when you're going to perform again. I'll rush over there. I will. Uh, All right, but the the band part is, is maybe what? 10-15% 10-15% of your, what you do is more of the yoga? Um, I would actually say uh, it's hard to gauge it um, as professional hours, but I would say it's 50-50 because I spend a lot of, I also teach music privately and um, I have a lot of bands and projects uh, constantly. So I'm constantly rehearsing music and performing it in different ways, but my schedule, it would reflect more yoga, yes. Well, I'll tell you, you make a lot of people happy, particularly in the band area, in the music area, because I don't know what it is about the 60s music, but everybody loves it, you know. Uh, even, yeah. if, even if you're 80 years old or if you're 15 years old, it just has that beat that just registers with people listening to it. And so uh, you're automatically a winner. Yeah, there was something special that was going on then. Um, I think it had something to do actually with a lot of the strife, similar to what's going on now, you know, and it, it uh, kind of sparks the creative uh, flow, seems like. And uh, some magic came out of those years for sure. Well, it, it was a binding type music, uh, binding of, of all races. And I, I remember seeing the film on the Temptations, and they went down there. And when they got there, all the white uh, students were on one side of the auditorium, and the black students were on the left side of the auditorium. But by the time they got through with their music, they were all dancing together. That's awesome. I've never seen that. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is awesome. That's my favorite band, uh, besides yours, of course. Right, of course. Yeah. Well, music is the universal language. It's one thing that no matter where you go, you can, uh, like I've traveled to a lot of places with one of my jobs and uh, there were places where I didn't speak the language, but you can always get in a circle of musicians and make sense. No no question about it. By the way, as a sideline, where do you play? Where do you usually perform? Well, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Hendershot's Coffee. Uh, bar because that's my favorite place to play it's um it's in the bottle works on prince avenue do you know it 
I know exactly where it is. It's very important. And, um, and I often play there. I sometimes get up on jazz nights, which happens on a Thursday every month, you know, whenever Corona isn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, I've had all kinds of shows there. Um, it's a, you know, I've played the 40 watt and the Georgia theater and, um, flicker and I've played world famous. I mean, I've been in Athens a really long time, so I've played almost everywhere, but, um, and when I was in school, I really like the huge Hugh Hodgson, actually, what do they call it now? The PAC performing arts center, um, on campus. So that's got amazing sound, but I would say you'll find me at Hendershots usually. Well, that is a great place to go uh, mm -hmm. and uh, hear, hear music. Um, pivot us over to yoga. I know about as much about yoga as a bullfrog. Uh, <laughs> and, and I can't hop as high as that thing can. But uh, my wife does exercising, and she goes about every other day, I think, to one of the facilities. But uh, So what, uh, what got you into yoga? Well, um... You know, I'm glad you asked me that because I just realized I went against my will. <laughs> um, I had a pretty intense childhood with a lot of trauma and um, I had buried it with um, tools. You know, we all had these tools of medicating and mine were like um, caring for other people. I was I was professional nanny for a couple decades and um and so I just, I was really passionate about my work and I was always singing, you know, so the musician was on the side at that point. And, um, I was just so busy and I guess it kind of caught up with me whenever I was right around 30, um, all the, the childhood, uh, stuff that was, I guess, unhealed. Um, and so I started having just, it felt like out of the blue panic attacks, um, and for those people who don't understand anxiety, it's one of those things that doesn't respond to logic. So with fear, um, or something scary happening, you possibly are able to calm yourself down with, with tools, you know, but with an anxiety disorder, it happens out of order. So like, it'll be a perfectly beautiful day. And suddenly my whole body is flooded with panic like there's a tiger chasing me when there clearly isn't which actually makes it more frustrating because it's not understandable so I had these panic attacks every day uh, actually at a certain time in the day and I said to someone I loved I was like I cannot do this again because I can feel it rising and they said why don't you make a plan and I found a 530 yoga class with my teacher, my future teacher, Kathy Jackson, who's very important to me, um, amazing spiritual teacher and also physical practice teacher at the same time. So I went to her class and that was the first relief that I'd had from the anxiety for a long time. And so this is real eclipse notes about that time. Cause it was like, Whoa. Um, but I kept coming back to yoga. And then at some point I realized, I think I could share this. And so that's, that's basically what happened. Well, I believe, and I say all the time on the, the, the show here that, uh, you know, we put, we've been put here to help other people. 
not to help ourselves so much, but by helping other people, we end up helping ourselves. And that's exactly what you've been doing. And it's paid off evidently. Thank you. Yeah. It it helps me to help others, which is, it's amazing to have a life of service. um, And I can be doing the same thing. You know, I can be teaching a yoga class or singing on stage And there can be like a selfish vibe where I'm like, please give me attention and validation. Or there can be um, this note, this line, this um, inhale and exhale. This is service. And so it it can actually look the same, but it can have such. It's possible to do a lot of service with both of those things. And more and more, I'm able to do that. I'm thankful for that. Wait a minute, you don't sing and do yoga at the same time, do you? Well, if you ever come to my yoga class, I do break into song a whole lot. And I consider myself to be a comedian. Um, and it's mostly me laughing at me, which people tend to laugh at me laughing at me. So that's the feedback I get. But um, I do do my comedy bits while I'm teaching and I do burst into song. And at the end of every yoga class, I sit and sing and play on my ukulele, which ukulele, people think that's a funny thing, but I take the ukulele pretty seriously, um, as seriously as a U can be taken. And um, it's a beautiful instrument, and it accompanies my voice very well. So I always sing to people in Shavasana. Do you know what Shavasana is? No, I don't. It's at the end where you play dead. Uh, I, I hadn't tried that. <laughs> yes, you do. Every night you, you do Shavasana. Okay. Well, I didn't know I've been in and out of death all my life. <laughs> that's that's good to know. I'll try to work on that. Uh, you know, you, yeah. you use the term, uh, I think it's marvelous. Maybe part of the reason that you've been so successful is the diversity in your, your instruction. I mean, who out there sings and does mm-hmm. yoga and, and, and has that uh, comedian effect to it? Um, you know, I, we all want to be a little bit of a comedian because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that you find a way to make it uh, work for you. It, it sounds to me like you ought to think about taking this online. Uh, uh, yeah, that's funny that you say that. YouTube or something. Uh-huh. I, was, uh, I have a lot of classes that I've recorded and my devices have just gotten full. And I was like, I wish there was a place I could just store them on the Internet. I was like. LOL, SJ, <laughs> how about YouTube, freak? <laughs> so I think I will. I've got to put them somewhere because now my I'm all full up. Yeah, I'll do it. Well, your sphere can certainly be expanded automatically like that, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there besides just folks in Athens that would love to see what you do yeah, because it is so, so, so unique. Uh, and, and so basically you're helping others by being a yoga instructor because you're trying to calm their minds somewhat. You're trying to maybe get them to release the unhealed childhood. I've never heard that term before, the unhealed childhood, uh, which we've all got a pinch of. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and and some of us have like a dash, and some of us have like huge bowlfuls, you know. And so a lot of people actually come to my classes who, who, um, yeah, like have feelings they don't understand. They can't seem to be okay with the way things are. And so a a lot of what I share is it's, I guess it can be considered a radical acceptance. You know, I, 
we don't have to love what's happening, but it is happening. And for us to like be with it a hundred percent, even with whatever feelings arise with that, you know, um, it, it brings a lot of peace because it's always right now, you know? And so if we're, if we're like propelling into the future of the past, we're time traveling with our mind and we're leaving our body. And so yoga is about bringing the mind and the body into the same place. And it just naturally moves us into rest and digest. And so it's like the science of it. You know, it's, I just repeat what people already know. Like it's, there's only the present moment and you're in it. And so you could just keep coming back to it if you want to. And you can even enjoy it. That's an option. Yeah. And, and um, while you're there with your instruction, why think about anything else? Just, just right. enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which so makes good sense. Our society, especially, and it's just like our attention span is just getting smaller and smaller, you know. And so yoga is so precious. And music does the same thing for me. Uh, it brings me into the moment. And I think it does for people who are listening as well, you know. How long so, is a typical yoga class? Um, well, I teach a lot of private yoga and those are um an hour usually but my public classes are usually an hour and 15 minutes okay um mm-hmm. and i'm i've always been i know a good deal about mental health because i dealt with it with my family on and off uh, growing up mm-hmm. uh, but you know there's, there's anxiety and the other side of the spectrum is depression mm-hmm. <laughs> but you seem like you primarily <laughs> dealt with anxiety not the depression side well, it's funny you should say that because um, <clears throat> there's depression. Uh, the anxiety had exhausted me so much that it moved me into depression. And that's whenever I knew I needed to do something about it, because I started I started having thoughts that didn't make sense with my belief system, you know, like kind of what's the point thoughts. And um, and so that really woke me up. Like I just was like, Oh, we better like do something now. Um, and I have a lot of, of support from, I have amazing friends in Athens, um, honestly from the music community mostly. And, um, and so, yes, I actually have experience with depression as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're old friends of mine, anxiety and depression. <laughs> well, that, that the term, uh, what bipolar, you never heard of mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's all over the place now. There's a pill for everything, they say. They say. And you yes. get on the TV and, oh, if you got bipolar, you need to take this and you'll be well in 30 days or something. I don't know. Yeah, one of my parents was bipolar. And it was it was part of what of what was so crazy making because I never knew who they would be, you know. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's hard to understand it. It's almost like... Uh, uh, Alzheimer's. How in the world mm-hmm. could I have grown up with my dad and he didn't even know who I am? I don't understand that. But that's the way the brain works when you got Alzheimer's. And the brain is a funny thing, as you well know, when it comes to bipolar or anxiety or depression. It just doesn't do right. And you got to get an adjustment, you might say. Like going to a chiropractor and get an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And maybe going to your yoga classes is an adjustment. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way to put it. It it does feel like that. I mean, I I watch people. My favorite part of what I do is watching people come home. Um, I will look out over my yoga classes, and I I can see it even on Zoom, you know, because I I make sure I can see my people uh, as they're practicing. I mean, unless they turn off their video, but um, you know, I I watch people during their practice. They'll have their furrowed brows. 
and they'll look like they're far away. You know, they're chewing on some bone that they can't put down uh, mentally. And then, you know, one breath at a time, one very annoying yoga pose at a time. You know, they I watch them come back to their bodies and it's like they've stopped being transparent. And then they're laying there and they may not be completely home, but it is. It just like we come back somehow. Well, that's what I guess yoga does is it brings it back. I'll have to watch one of your series or one of your sessions and then I'll understand a little bit better. And I, I, I do you always have to cross your legs when you do yoga? You don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> no lotus poses for you. No, it'll be fine. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, it seems to me like uh, with what you're doing is every day you do it, it helps you as well as others uh, become a better person. And that's what we're all about. Yeah, you've learned the secret. It's true. Like, I realize that I don't have to do the physical practice. As long as I'm standing there speaking the capital T truth um, as it, you know, as I see it and as it's worked for me, then it does help me. Because that's why I think that I'm able to share yoga is because it saved me. It um, literally okay. saved you. Yeah. Well, that's strong. That's real strong. Mm -hmm. uh, what uh, We're about out of time, but you have done a fantastic job. Uh, what tips would you give our listeners that might uh, either bring them to you to, uh, to do some therapy with them, with your yoga? I would say that there's something that um, Tara Brock, who's a spiritual teacher that I really like, um, she has an amazing podcast. Um, she talks about false refuges. And, you know, these ways that we leave the moment, like constantly checking the cell phone or, you know, eating when we're not hungry or <laughs> stuff like that, um, the way we just we kind of medicate. Um, something that has really worked for me was a suggestion that she made is just pause with that craving, whatever is want, making you want to leave the moment. Just and you can still do the thing. But just bringing awareness to what we're doing or not doing throughout the day um, can bring us into an acceptance of like of ourselves. And, um, you know, when we really accept and love ourselves, then I feel that we're really able to uh, accept and love others and be of service. And so I, I guess I really think it starts with ourselves, you know, this this loving attention that we can bring to ourselves just watching. You know, with a loving detachment, not in a judgy way, but just noticing, oh, I'm doing that thing again. That's interesting. And then I might, you know, eat the chips, but but I just I will notice. And so I, I guess just bringing awareness to what is would be the thing, the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I thought the only thing you could do is go back and talk to a therapist about your childhood. <laughs> that, that that's the, an option <laughs> that ain't the only thing though i tell you i've, I've been there done that so to speak uh there's Same. more than your childhood to uh mm -hmm. to, to decipher and and to work with i think your spiritual yeah. leader that has a good podcast who'd you say that was tara brock it's t-a-r-a -A, so it looks like tara and then it's brock like the candy b-r-a-c-h and she leads meditations um so some of her talks are you know, guided meditations, they're shorter in time. And then some of them, like she has a talk every Wednesday night. Uh, she lives on the Northwest coast of America. And so she just 
broadcasts her talks, you know, and they last for about an hour. And I just really love listening to her. It's a it's a really awesome perspective of how to come back. Well, that's exactly what we need to be doing is to get ideas from other people. And I I commend you and what you're doing. I think that you you've uh, had a, a problem like we all do and you've overcome it. And you found a way to turn it around and to make it beneficial to other people. And I, I commend you for doing that and hope you'll keep going. And maybe one day you'll get me in your class. That would be incredible. I would love that. And I want to thank you so much for having me on your show. It is, it really makes my heart, it, you know, what my heart feels like is that the Grinch, the Grinch at the end of that movie, Yeah. like my heart is like growing out my chest. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we want your heart to stay in your chest. And, and, <laughs> well, good luck to you, and uh, keep the yoga going, and and keep the, the uh, 60s music going. That's important, too. Oh, I got you. Don't you worry. And I love this podcast. Keep up the good work, Ian. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. See you, bye. bye. Thank you, SJ. You know, a lot of us have anxiety, and we've had it since our childhood, as you indicated. But there's some folks that get over it and some folks that don't. You found a unique way to help people get over that anxiety and other mental health issues with yoga. What a way to go. But before we go, I wanted to remind the listeners that I'm a huge supporter of the UGA Miracle, which is the largest student-run organization at the University of Georgia that raises money for children's health care of Atlanta. They raise over a million dollars a year, and you can be a part of that. Just go to ugamiracle.org and you can donate. Remember, any amount given is a step closer to saving a child's life. Also remember to follow us on social media. We will be posting our episodes on our Facebook page along with the website. Stay in touch with us and spread the word. It's all about hope.